Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Tristan from Dakota Jones, and uh, oh, it was a lovely chat. She got very early, and uh, and I think it was about 7 a.m. Uh, in New York uh, when we recorded this, and uh, and I wish I was on form at 7 a.m. Uh, the way that she was, because we had a wonderful chat, and we spoke about some absolutely remarkable records um, you're in for a real treat, and uh, and I should also say, if you've yet to check out Dakota Jones, uh, the recent single, uh, Sugar Pie, go go give it a listen. Um, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, really, really kind of transcends lots of sort of genres as well, and uh, and and with Tristan's uh, incredibly soulful vocal as well, it's uh, it's lovely stuff. Um, okay, so a few thank yous. First of all, I really want to thank uh, our sponsor. Um, Hotel Chocolat. Um, they've recently announced they're going to continue to to sponsor off the beaten track, which is great. They've been with us a couple of years, and and uh, and that relationship is ongoing. Um, I often talk about the um, the wonderful creamy shots uh, that they do, and uh, and I'll, I'll consistently tell you to go and get them, even though we're going to be talking about all other sorts of things in regards to Hotel Chocolat. We're going to do some really interesting little bits, of probably some live things. So there's loads of really exciting things that are going to be uh, coming your way. Um, and yeah, go go have a little look at Hotel Chocolat. Go head over to the website and go and have a look. You know who they are, obviously, because I've been talking about them for a couple of years and it's not like they're, you know, it's not your go-to place to get your, you know, your tasty chocky uh, treats. Um so yeah, I'll um I'll have some more information about things that we're going to be doing together uh, in the coming weeks. But super excited and super pleased to to have them supporting the podcast again. Um, you can support the podcast. Let me tell you how you can support the podcast. Um, you can just share it, or you can tell your friends about it. So that's really simple, and you just a little nudge, and you can go ahead check out this podcast. It's this like old guy from Essex, and uh, and he chats to remarkable people. Um, about music, you can do that, um, or you can give us a follow or a like on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I'd say Instagram's probably the the one that we use the most. I say we; this is just me. Um, and so you can do that, or if you'd like to get more content and really support the podcast, then I have a Patreon, and I know that. A lot of you skip the the intros to get to the good stuff. I understand that, but 
what I will say is, you know, most podcasters will, will talk about Patreon or, or whatever kind of uh, support platform they have um, because it really does matter. And I try and keep mine so it doesn't really dent the bank balance. And, and I say that with respect of the situation that we're in, in in regards to the cost of living, which is pretty awful. Um, but it's a dollar a month, so that's about 70-odd pence. And what I do each week is I put up all the videos um, so you can watch all the episodes. Um, I also put together lots of uh, mixtapes and stuff. I do little radio shows. Um, and I'll do a monthly live show on Zoom where you can all come along and we pick a question from the podcast and we all chat about it. And it's lovely. It's a really, really non-judgy, lovely gang of, of, of patrons that, that have just all kind of got to know each other now, which is lovely. It's, it's, just, it's, it's one of the highlights of my month. We just For an hour, we just sit there and we, we, we all talk about certain records. And, uh, and obviously, we expect a lot of these records to be embarrassing because none of us were cool when we were growing up. Uh, and and it's lovely, and and you can find out about that at Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com forward slash off the beat and track. Um, everything you need to know about supporting the podcast, social media, merch, and and obviously most importantly the Patreon uh, is available um, over on the website, off the beat and track podcast dot com. I also want to say a big thanks to Scribius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. This podcast is super proud to be part of that. And I want to thank the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast because uh, they produce this. Uh, they're great podcasters. It's a true crime podcast. They have loads of guests on. Um, sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. But when they, they've, they've had lots of guests that um, have been on this podcast as well. Uh, I'd definitely recommend uh, heading over there and uh, and and getting your true crime fix from the Blue Murder Club podcast, right? Also, if it's your first time listening, um, when you get to the end of today's uh, delightful chat, go and have a look in the archives because I'm close to 500 episodes in there, and I've been so blessed to have spoken to some incredibly uh, talented and wonderful guests. And I'll give you some of the the big hitters. Um, I mean, I've had Chuck D from Public Enemy on. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, I've had members of Chic. I've had Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, the Foo Fighters. Um, gosh, the Killers. I mean, in regards to indie bands, I've had pretty much... I think I've had every indie band on the planet, um, from Vampire Weekend through to the Kooks, the Kaiser Chiefs. I've had them all on. And uh, as well as that, I've had kind of DJ Royalty, like Paul Oakenfold, Darren Emerson from Underworld, um, Fatboy Slim, uh, Sigala. Uh, so I've been really lucky to have spoke to some some real talented uh, DJs. And, and I guess some of those are producers, as is Butch Vig. Butch Vig, him, who, him of Garbage, but um, as well as that, produced Nevermind for Nirvana, produced uh, Sonic Youth, produced... Smashing Pumpkins, uh, had a lovely, lovely chat with Butch Fig. Um, had loads of wonderful actors on, uh, David Duchovny of, uh, uh, oh, what's that TV show called? Uh, X-Files, of course. Um, yeah, had a great chat with uh, David Duchovny. I definitely recommend giving that one a listen. Uh, and some of my favourite ever episodes have been with the likes of um, actors uh, Joe Hartley and Maxine Peake. 
Thomas Turgoose, uh, Michael Smiley. Um, and yeah, and then I've got all the comedians. There's loads. I could be here all day telling you. Um, but like I say, go and explore the back catalogue wherever you get your podcasts. They're all there. They're all for free. And uh, and so, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, then head over to the Patreon. Or in the show notes to this, there's a link called uh, Buy Me A Coffee. You can just go over there and click it and, uh, and buy me a coffee because it keeps me going, a coffee. Right. I think we can get on with it. Seven minutes I've been waffling. And, uh, yeah, I'm just doing all the old uh, usual beg borrowing and, and, and everything I can to uh, to get you to support the pod. Um, but I know why you're here. You're here for this. And it's worth the wait because it's wonderful. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the delightful Dakota Jones. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Tristan, how are you today? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. How are you still? I'm good. I'm good. So, you're is it quite early for you because you're in New York, right? Yeah, it's seven here. Wow. Well, you're looking good for seven a.m. Like I generally <laughs> look like an absolute bag of garbage at seven a.m. Uh, uh, oh my you're, gosh, you're looking good. Thank you. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's just jump straight in and uh, and kick sure. off your playlist. And I want you to tell me, please, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Yeah. For me, hands down, it's I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. And I have to mention Chic because what is that song without that Nile Rogers opening lick, right? Um. I was actually listening to that song on the way here. It was just like, was tired and just like trying to get the day started. And as soon as that intro starts, I'm just like, yes, like I'm in the club. I'm ready to go. I'm empowered. It's just, it's so strong. And you know, as soon as you hear the intro, like as soon as you hear the first couple notes of that song, you know what you're listening to. I think, I think Noel Rogers was, I mean, we don't even need to have a, discussion about how, how clever Noel Rogers is it's a given <laughs> that you know the, the guy's an absolute legend but specifically on this song and he does it quite a lot is he just kicks off with just that guitar lick that and it's such right. a Noel Rogers sound straight away you just go well that's Noel Rogers of course it is exactly and, yep but it comes in exactly the same time as Dinah's vocal and it's mm. just that the minute you hear I'm not going to sing it because that will be very embarrassing <laughs> but but the minute you hear like um uh, Diana's voice and it comes in exactly the same time as that that kind of guitar uh lick of of, of Nile Rogers and then you have to wait you just get that intro which is so hooky mm. but you're just waiting for the bass line to drop as well and the drums to exactly. kick in and then that it's drum, just yes. like, you're just in the pure disco mania then and you're in Nile's exactly. world exactly <laughs> exactly it's that drum, like obviously the that intro guitar and the vocals are beautiful, but just like the as soon as it comes to that moment, it's like yes, we're in it, we're in it. <laughs> it's beautiful, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what I'm interested in, um, and, and let's talk about Taco Jones and the way that you approach music, because um, you've been about for a few years, and but what yeah. we're seeing, I guess, more so in the last sort of couple of years, is literally every part of music has moved over to streaming services now and it is right. in such a 
fast-paced world we live in now where attention spans are, are getting shorter. How much of that filters through into your creative process? And what I mean by that, Tristan, is... Yeah. Like, are you aware that, right, look, we, we need to do a nile on this. We need to grab them instantly because these thumbs are moving so quick nowadays. Like, right. Are they going <laughs> to wait for the drop? Have, have we got to get them straight away? Or is it like, no, do you know what? Fuck that. We're about the art. And like, and, and our songs will, will be what they will be. Like, Tell me like, if any of them kind of changes in technology and, and attention spans filter through into your creative process. Do you know what, Tristan? I've asked this question 471 times and I've never <laughs> once framed it right. I never quite get no, I Do you know you. where I'm going with it? Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we're very much aware of the changes that are happening and of people's attention spans, and we're very much aware that, you know, a lot of the big hits of the moment are like three minutes tops or whatever the case may be. But that's not something that we let sink in while we're making music. We, we can't. We can't go into a studio or into a creative space and say, like... I try, what I always say is I try to create for the audience that's in my head as opposed to creating specifically for what other people want because I don't think it's going to be genuine music if you're creating for for someone else. It's not going to be from from my heart, from our hearts. So there will be times where we'll stumble into a song and it just feels right for it to cut out early, for yeah. it to end early, for it to for us to get in and out kind of procedurally. But um, it's not something that we're you know, losing our heads over trying to make something that is going to fit into a mold of what's what's hot right now or whatever. We just kind of follow our hearts as best we can because I think that's what that's what making music is about is just trying to express yourself and, and how you feel in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all about balance, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we're, of course, you, you have to be aware of the way that the industry is working and the way that people are consuming things. But um, at the end of the day, if we're making music for people other than like what feels good to our guts, then what are we really doing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to take you back for track two. And I want you to tell okay. me, please, uh, the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Okay. So this brings me back to being on a school bus. It was probably, I don't know the year. I know that I was a freshman in high school. So I guess that was 2005. Um, and we had a like a substitute bus driver that day who happened to be playing the radio and was playing like a classic rock station. Um, and he clicked over to it and I just heard I heard this beautiful guitar and I heard someone say, speak to me only with your eyes. And I, I, that line struck my, Oh my God, it struck my core. And I, I got, I like stood up on my bus seat and I said, what is this? And some, some random person in the back was like, this is Zeppelin. And I said, okay, what's the song called? It was the rain song. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that there was a Zeppelin fan on the bus that could tell me in that very moment what that song was, because from that moment, I've been possessed by, by that song, but that started my love affair with Zeppelin. And um, yeah, it was just, I couldn't, 
the way that the music sounds on that track and the way that Robert Plant is singing is just intoxicating to me. Yeah. And just so, so beautiful. And it's one of the very few like pure love songs that they have. Um, oh my gosh. And it just, it just speaks to my soul every time I hear it. It brings me right back every time I hear it. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm going to ask you a question about that. But before I do yeah. anything, the, the, the air con's just kicked in in this room. So I need to turn okay. it off because it's quite normal. Okay. Two, two seconds. Sure. Okay, there we go, we're back. So cool, cool. The, the one thing uh, I wanted to ask you is, is if you could pinpoint what the emotion was when you heard that. I think in that moment it was just, for me, heartbreak. And it, that is obviously the opposite of what he's talking about. But for me it was like, where is my person that is going to be singing, speak to me only with your eyes to me? And of course I was a child and it was like, that was, you know, that was a long ways away, but it was just those words. Uh, speak to me only with your eyes. It was just felt like pure love and pure emotion. And um, I was just stunned. Yeah. Tell me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A little bit about, about you and, uh, and emotion. If you're having a, if you're feeling sad, you know, you're having a blue day, do you reach for Noel Rogers and just get your disco on or are you like, <laughs> give me some give me some somber I, I need to yeah. I, I need to wallow and embrace this mood and I want to soundtrack it with some some real heart-wrenching music what would you go for I'm definitely the type of person that I want to feel my emotions yeah. I want to experience them as they come and I'm very guilty of 
when I'm feeling sad, I do not turn to happy music. I want to, yeah. I want to just really feel that sadness as deeply as possible. I'll put on, uh, I don't even know, like just the sappy, not sappy, but yeah, the, the, just the music that's made for you to kind of wallow in that emotion and really just feel it. I, I turn to my sad songs, my sad girls and, and folks and <laughs> just sit in it. I don't like to sit in it for too long, but I do like to respect the emotion and just feel it for a bit. Did you pick up a pen at that point? A lot of the time, yes. Most of the time. That's honestly where I, for better or worse, I think that I write often from a place of pain more so than a place of joy. And the music itself, like the instrumentation behind those feelings might not might not be sad it might be a joyous sounding song with kind of more thoughtful somber lyrics yeah. but um i always find it easier to write from from that place yeah so you're in new york at the moment where was growing up new jersey right next door right how was that for memories ah <laughs> i mean <laughs> i had a great i had a great family and you know um oftentimes a nice childhood. I just was a, a moody kind of emotional, sad child a lot of the time. So it was, it's kind of painted with, with those colors. Yeah. Yeah. And so was, was home a musical place? Like would your folks have music on around the house? Always. Yeah. Um, neither of my parents are musicians. But um, my mom, I always consider my mom, she doesn't consider herself a singer. I think she has a great voice and I always loved to hear her sing. But there was always something soundtracking what we were doing, car rides, cleaning the house on Sundays, cooking. Yeah, there was always music on. That's a big part of my childhood. What sort of stuff can you recall? Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye, Shaka Khan. I mean, like a lot of that—that's a good introduction to music, right yeah, there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, just the great, great voices, like yeah. soul R and B voices, um, are what I grew up really loving. And of course, a lot of contemporary R and B on the radio yeah. at the time. Um, Tony Braxton was a big one of my yeah. great loves as a kid, and um, yeah, it was just just those those rich, deep soulful voices that i was really drawn to and and wanted to emulate i am um, like a lot of people was, was sad to hear about the passing of burt Bacharach this week as an absolute yeah. songwriting genius and yeah and I, I was just sort of wallowing in 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 the magic of his music and and i, I went and and it was a song that i grew up listening to um and it's luther vandross's cover or his version yeah the house is not a home my god yeah fucking hell that record man it's unbelievable unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> i'm so glad you know it because it is like it's epic it's obviously it's a very long version and right uh, and i would recommend that anybody puts that in youtube and he i think the first version was um was made for dion warwick yes it was and there's an incredible video of luther singing it uh, and a, to uh, Dion, and to Dion, right? Yeah, yeah, like, amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you've seen Stunning. that. It's so good, isn't it? 
I've seen it too many times because <laughs> it's just the vo- the vocal acrobatics that he's doing, the feeling in his in his eyes and in his voice, and even like when the camera pans to Dion and she's just like eating it up and out. It's unreal what he was able yeah. to do on a stage and just with his voice. It's like nobody else. And the thing is, like, it looked effortless. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't even close his eyes. He's just got this. Right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm so glad you 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 you're familiar with that um, because it's, yeah. And, and for anybody that's not checked that, I would recommend. You know, there's been multiple versions of that song, but for me, Luther Vandross's version of that is is sublime. Sublime is the word. Truly. Absolutely. Right. Well, look. You yeah. mentioned that the school bus. Let's let's talk school. Tell me about the, the <laughs> song that reminds you of your time at school, Tristan. Okay. It has to be. Misery Business by Paramore, which is like such a funny. So it it brings you back to such a funny like time of just being peak teenage angst and like just the kind of emo band moment that we were having at that moment. And for me, it was uh, that song came out, I think, a little bit before I got my license. But by the time I had my license, that whole record was out. And we would just go up and down the Garden State Parkway, nonstop listening to this album and just, oh, misery business was just, you could just like bang your head against the wall and just like jam out. It was, it's such an intense, and and they were kids too. They were teenagers while writing that song. So that, that real, just like teenage anger and, and pain and just like burst through that song. And I think that Haley Williams is an incredibly gifted vocalist. Yeah. Like still to this day, she's one of the the greatest live vocalists that I've seen live. Um, but yeah, that that song is just peak teen angst. It is it's pure emo rock, but yeah, but as with you know hard times and other other stuff that they've done, it's real smart pop as well because right. it's so hooky and so catchy, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Tell me about school. How was that? I went to high school in Wall, New Jersey. Um, it was a specialized school for communication. So it was like film and journalism and TV and radio and things like that. Um, so we were all there for a specific purpose. And um, I don't know, it was, it was fine. I just, I grew up as a, a young black girl surrounded by like a sea of white teenagers. And it was, so I just always felt like the odd man out no matter what. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough in, in that way, not seeing yourself reflected anywhere and not feeling that you had that like true connection with, with anyone or, or like shared background with anyone. And um, I think that that made me quite emotional a lot of the time. How, how did that affect you then? Did that affect like, did it just affect the study side of things as well? Like the academic no i mean academically i was always totally on top of things with without having to try very hard and but just socially i was very awkward and uncomfortable all the time and i had a group like a small group of people that i was close to but it just never i just always felt on the outskirts of things um and it was just kind of, I just felt sad as a, as a teenager, you know, like I, 
I'm not, I had a lot of good times and fun, but it was just, there was just a sadness beneath all of it. And I think that that wasn't really healed until I got to college and met a group of people that had that same experience of growing up in, of being a black person growing up in a very white suburb um, and feeling just totally outcast and feeling like, because you, in that space, you kind of grow up feeling like you have to look like and be like someone else. So it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized that being who I was was pretty fucking cool in and of itself, you know? Yeah. But that, I, I guess it's, I find that with so many conversations that I have, and, and it was and it was definitely the case for, for myself as well, that throughout school, it is... It's generally tough, isn't it? It's just trying it's to hard. find... Because you don't really know who you are. And, right. And you said something then about when you got to college, you met like, like-minded people that had similar experiences. And for me, and so many people I've spoke to, when you get to college, you're there because you choose to go there. Right. And that's when you find your tribe. And I've said this to my daughters, like when they were having tough times at school, I was like, when you get to college, right. you'll find your tribe and it will all be all right. And sometimes... Those cool kids at school, yeah, they're cool at school, but when you're on the <laughs> peripheries and you're uncool and you're nerdy and whatever, they're the ones that have the most interesting lives in five years' time. They'll do something really fucking cool, and right. the cool kids won't. And uh, that's just my perception. But um, Yeah, man, I mean, I think that you're right, and I think a lot of that is because you are, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, um, but I think it relates to a lot of other folks that – when you are on the outskirts of things and you're and and you need an outlet and you have pain and you find i think more for me i found more creative ways to kind of focus yeah. my feelings and and more creative ways to you you have to find an outlet yeah. in order to kind of survive those moments and that drove me to you know making music and yeah. singing and and that was that was the the place where i found peace and the place that I found acceptance within myself and um yeah so there, there are usually cool things that come out of those big emotions I'm gonna pick back up on yeah um what you just said then I want to talk about early shows and I want to talk to you about confidence um in a moment but first of all I'm going to ask you to tell me the first uh record you remember buying from a record store <laughs> So for me, it was a tape. Okay. It was a tape. Shout out, in... shout out the cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was um, it was a tape by Brandy uh, that I was like desperate for. I was big into Brandy. Brandy had like a lock on just on music, on TV. She had her show Moesha and she was, uh, you know, a young black girl that I could look up to. Um and she came out with this song called The Boy Is Mine featuring Monica that was just, I don't know why, I was so young, I was probably seven and like seven or eight and um, that song just was like, yes, this is my, and I, I didn't have any boy that I was like fighting with some other child about, but it was yeah. just, I in that moment, I felt her emotions and I felt everything that she was going through and I was like, yes, that boy is mine. And <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that song is just, some amazing classic R&B to me. Yeah, absolutely. Production on that record's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really and those is. two women are just amazing. They yeah. have, 
such incredible voices. Brandy, especially for me, is just, she has a tone that is unlike anybody else. Yeah. Well, let's talk voices. Tell me when you, when you realized you had a voice. So I think that it, it took quite a I sang always. I sang for as long as I can remember. My mom says that I was singing before I was talking, yada, 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 one of those. But Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere, and according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Um, I, sh I shared a room with my big sister growing up, and I would sing all of the time. And she would come out of nowhere. I would think I would just be singing to myself in the room. She would appear like banging on the wall telling me to shut up. <laughs> and I thought, I thought for, for years that I just had a terrible voice. Like I thought yeah. that she just wanted me to stop because I sounded bad. Yeah. But I would continue to sing because it, felt, it just always felt yeah. good to me. Um, and then I, there were like moments here that I would sing for the church choir. Um, and I remember one moment we were all practicing a chorus or something and everybody stopped, but I kept going. And in that moment, the choir director was like, oh, look at you. And like, look, look at how she sounds. And um, I, I think that was the first moment that I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe I do have a little something. And then I get like, I was very shy about it. So the, the compliments that I would get about singing would only be from people that like caught me in the act yeah. of, of doing something that I was trying to do in secret. But yeah, I, I wasn't really aware for, for a little while be, because of the torment of my sister. Yeah. Yeah. She just probably wanted to go to sleep. She's got you shouting <laughs> next door. <laughs> I know. I know. So tell me, Tristan, yeah. when did, when did the shyness subside a little and the confidence grow i presume it's grown yeah to allow you to do what most people would find the most terrifying thing ever which is to walk on stage grab a microphone and sing in front of a, a crowd which obviously you've done for you know a fair while now so 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 tell me about those early shows and and, and your relationship with confidence yeah so the first show that we ever played was at a place called the delancey in manhattan and it was, it felt like the scariest thing that I've ever done. And I was shaking through the first few songs. Um, even, even just practices with the band leading up to that show. And um, when we were first like figuring out our sound and what we wanted to do, even just singing in front of them in our little practice space was terrifying to me because it was just, my voice is the thing or 
I, I just care so much about about music and about my voice and it's it's my greatest passion and i think for that reason because i cared so much it made it my biggest fear and i was just utterly terrified um but once we started making music together i realized that that was exactly what we were supposed to be doing and it felt like i didn't really have a choice in the matter of like whether or not i it felt like something that needed to be shared yeah so i just kind of for those first many shows, just you just have to kind of buck up to get on stage yeah, and just yeah. do it because I felt I felt so so drawn to. I mean, singing is is everything to me. Singing is my my heart, and to be able to share that is a a gift that I I take I don't take for granted for sure. Um, but yeah, it just feels like something that I have to do. So you just have to kind of feel that fear and do it anyway yeah. and just get up there. And now it's a bit easier to to just get on stage and do it. But I'm still, before shows still, we had a show last Saturday and I'm still like sick to my stomach before I get on stage. Really? Yeah, for sure. But I just, I just know that once I get up there and once we play those first couple of notes, it melts away now yeah. into something else. And I just become a totally different person on stage. Yeah. Have you got a little routine yeah. before you walk out on stage? <laughs> Try not to throw up. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Never stop doing it. that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I mean, I'm interested to know about the, the next question because you're in New York and, you know, in, in the UK, we, we spoke about Noel Rogers earlier, but, you know, we, we, we're so aware of like the garage and we're so aware of Studio 54 and, and New York being you know, the home of the club kids and so many exciting <laughs> things. And so tell me a little bit uh, about your times clubbing and let's start that off by telling me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. I mean, you're young, yeah. Kristen, you're still clubbing. I hope so anyway. <laughs> My clubbing days are, are just right behind me. <laughs> I, uh, For me, when I think about that, I think about, being in college, I went to NYU, so I was in the city, in the heart of the city. And um, this was when Lady Gaga was coming up. And uh, she, I mean, Poker Face was out, Just Dance was out, but something changed, I think, for her and something changed for the music industry when Bad Romance came out. Yeah. Like, that was such a defining moment of her career and of just music at large and Bad Romance was everywhere. And it was not just a great club song. It was an incredible, vulnerable vocal performance. And just a weird song. Like a, just, right? Like it's it's a now kind of like a classic club song. And I hear it in gay bars all the time still. But um, it was not what music sounded like. It was a weird song when it came out yeah. to me. Like music was not sounding the way that Lady Gaga was making music. She was something totally. And then the music, like music kind of shifted to, to kind of sound like what she was making because yeah. of the success of what she was doing. But Bad Romance was just, oof. So it was, it was you can dance to it, but it's also just a kind of a heartbreaking song. But like the, song. the incredible song just those gut-wrenching feelings of just ooh, like I think about her screaming I don't want to be friends and I felt that so 
hard. I still feel it now, even be, like being in a loving relationship yeah. now. But and I, you just you felt every word of that song, and and you could just dance your heart out to that song with those yeah. feelings. Just it, amazing. And it is a weird song, uh, like yeah, um, the the rah 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 ah like them bits. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's quite unconventional in a pop song. Right. And right. and so I'm interested to like th- that record label must have had so much confidence in just how incredible she was is yeah <laughs> and you know the, the visual art of, mm-hmm. of of Gaga as much as the the, yep. the the vocal delivery the whole thing was was it was it for me being you know almost fifty it was like when I first saw Madonna perform mm. like a virgin and 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 lucky star and it was like who's this girl out of new york making this insane pop music that looks right. like something completely new and that right. was what i got you know from from seeing lady gaga and, and it was and, and i completely agree just dance and poker face are great records but bad romance is the one that just i think just took it stratospheric and like absolutely and it's and, it, and it's phenomenal and and that, you know, at the time I would have probably been like 44 and it was having that effect on me. So the thought of what that must be like to like a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, it must just be incredible. It must be that level of excitement that I got seeing Michael Jackson and Prince and, and Madonna in the early 80s, which was, you know, it was yeah, like these people sure. have been beamed down from outer space. Exactly, yeah. And just seeing someone be able to be unabashedly completely wildly themselves and just totally do their own thing just feel especially as like as a a teenager or like someone in your young 20s just feels so good to feel like yeah i can be weird as shit and i can do i can really do me and be myself and you know to hell with who whoever doesn't get with it like i'm i'm with it and this is me and this is my weird stuff and yeah yeah it just oof it was what it was such an exciting moment yeah it was such an exciting moment okay well look let's stay let's stay at home because i want you to tell me for track six your favorite song from your home county yeah so that for me immediately my mind goes to lauren hill She's a girl from Newark, and I grew up. I grew up in a place called Matawan in New Jersey. But my where I would spend all of my weekends uh, with my grandparents and with my dad was like Maplewood, which is pretty close to Newark. And my uncle actually used to babysit Lauren Hill, wow. and she was just always like a just. She has it for me like a stronghold when I think of when I think of New Jersey and and just. Um, growing up there and I just feel for whatever I feel that connection to her um and she is I mean what can I even say about the voice the lyrics the the style the just like the feeling that she brings to everything to me is so powerful and so so vulnerable and so strong um and I remember uh, just listening to the miseducation of Lauren Hill as a kid. And I just, 
oh, I wanted to just, I just wanted to do what she was doing. And, yeah. and it was just so cool to, because it was all, it was all over the place. It was, it was not just beautiful vocals. She's a brilliant rapper and yeah. the music behind her was so powerful. And um, so the song that I was thinking of is Do Up That Thing from The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which she produced. What um, What? Oh my God. That unbelievable. And them yeah, Holmes. From front- it's them Holmes. Ba, ba, ba. It's just like, oh my God. Make you yeah. want to dance straight away. You got to dance. Yeah. And then you're, da- you're dancing and feeling this thing, but it's this, this like powerful story of like, you know, what she, what she's talking about is not fun, <laughs> but you're still, you're still like in the, in the, in the vibe and dancing to, to that track. And it's just, yeah, she's like a magician to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Just masterful. Because yeah. the, the rhymes on the wall, you watch you watch her performances in like Sister Act when she was a kid and you just think Right. All oh, right, there's there, there's a little star there. And and yeah. then, and obviously, you know, people talk about you know, and, and, and rightly so, like you know, Lauren Hill was a superstar and but the Fuji's were huge. Right. Like huge mm-hmm. global band that and yeah. it's like, okay, so she's gonna go and do something away from them now oh dear is this going to be a really bad move and she drops the miseducation which is one of the greatest if not greatest r&b soul records ever made and oh yeah just to, to to step away from being at the time in the biggest band in the world to doing something as ambitious as that record was brave and it delivers in every possible way absolutely Absolutely. And one of my favorite things about her is just her ability to kind of, it feels like she's always going with her gut and following her heart in everything that she's doing, including stepping away from the spotlight, including, you know, taking a break from music or what, like whatever she's doing. She's just kind of going with her gut and what her spirit is telling her to do. And it has led her to, some incredibly powerful, beautiful places, especially that record, that whole record. But Do Up That Thing is like one of my highlights from that record for sure. It just, it, just, it feels like nothing else. And it just, you're right, it's those horns, like the, just, just the way that it gets in you, that song. Yeah. And I'm glad you, yeah. you, you referenced her rapping because it is so easy just to go, oh, she's got such a beautiful voice. But she's right. badass at rapping. Like, she has bars. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, I spoke about you, confidence and your relationship with that, and and how that started to grow. And we're going to talk about. Um, we we got one more track before that. I want to sort of talk about something that always for me runs alongside confidence, and and you've chose a ridiculously competitive. And tough industry uh, <laughs> to, to pursue. Um, tell me about how driven you are and your relationship with Drive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely drive and a passion to you know make music my everyday to make it to to be able to create a world that's driven by music for me. Um, to be able to tour all the time, to be able to create whenever I want, you know? Um, so there's that, but there's also just kind of a, 
I have a feeling in my gut that singing and making music is the thing that I was born to do. You know, whether or not that's a crazy thing. I, I just, that's the feeling that I have is that this is not really a choice for me. Like I just, it's, it's my greatest love and, and my greatest fear and my greatest passion. And I just feel like I have to do it. I, I don't feel that I have a choice. So it's, that's kind of what keeps me going. And I think what keeps the band going is just like, we, we got to do it. It's just in us to do it. You know, that's, that's a really beautiful thing that you've just said there, Tristan. And I find, and I'm taking nothing away from people that work in banks, people that work in factories, people that do, yeah. do whatever they do. But do any of those people ever get up in the morning and think everything is saying to me, I felt it from a very young age that this is what I'm meant to be doing for better or for worse. This is what right. I've been put here to do. Probably not. And yeah. like, So I think when you've got that feeling and that feeling's, you know, telling you to pursue your voice and, and you know and music then that's a powerful thing if that's overriding you know anything yeah. else that that's that's what I'm here to do you've got to do it right yeah I I have to I think that what you said is right it it, it overrides everything yeah. like as as important as anything else could be to me making music and playing with the band and just, just singing, even singing when I'm alone, like it, it just feels bigger to me than everything else. It, it like lights me up in a way that nothing else does. Um, there'll be sometimes, like sometimes I'll, I'll be in a bad mood and, and then I'll just start, like a song will just come to me and I'll just let it out when I'm alone or where, wherever I may be. And then I realize, Oh, I haven't, I haven't sung out loud in a couple of days. And that's why I feel like this. Like I, it's just, yeah, it's it's everything to me. It's my love, my deepest love, yeah. and uh, for that reason, I have to attack it with everything I have. Right, and just go after it with everything I have. Absolutely. I'm now picturing you having a really angry day and just screaming <laughs> misery business at the top of your voice, and your sister the other side of the wall just thinking, "Shut up." <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, well, look, for the last track, uh, Tristan, I'm going to ask you to be a tastemaker or influencer or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and this is an opportunity for you to tell uh, the listeners to this podcast about a song that you think they may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay. So there's a little song called Plastic by Moses Sumney. I'm just going to stop you there, right? It's not little. I right thank you as soon as I said that I was like this is not a little it's like it's like it's secretly it, it pretends to be small when you meet it yeah. but it is not a little song at all you're right um I I was introduced to this song called plastic by Moses Sumney by a friend of mine um in college who just we I think we understood each other on a very specific level like we weren't best friends but we just kind of got each other yeah and um i was going through a hard time and uh out of out of the blue he just sent me this song plastic and i listened to it and it it opens with moses singing i know what it is to be broken and be bold and from that second i was like oh shit what is this 
and um, he continues on. Just it's it's kind of quiet. He has a very special voice, I think, Moses Sumney. But it's kind of a it kind of starts off quiet and grows into this big, beautiful, powerful, just kind of vamp on on my wings are made of plastic at the end of that song. And the song fills out as it goes. And it's just, I don't know. It sounds like heaven to me, you know, it's, it's like, like nothing else. I had never heard something like that. And I, I still haven't the, and I'm talking about the, the original recording that Moses somebody had on, on his EP when he released his album, his first album, he put plastic on it, but it was, it had a different instrumentation and it was kind of, it had changed. Yeah. But the first, the first recording of the song is so deep to me. And so, uh, I don't even know what the word, it's just raw in a way. Um, it's like, he's just, he rips open his chest and you can just see his heart beating and, and God, it is, it is, one of my favorite songs of all time and i i play it for people that i'm close to um just when it comes to me like like because i i I found that not that many people know that song or at least people around me not that many people really know that song and and so there'll be those special moments of like just sit down and let just be quiet and listen to this and just feel this for a second um and it, it gives everybody just a moment you know absolutely well we can make um a lot more people share that moment because we put together a little spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with with amazing all of the tracks that we've we've spoke about today and of course we had dakota jones uh music to that so with that in mind what's going to be happening what's happening in the world of dakota jones yeah so we are in january we put out our first song in a while called sugar pie um, but we have a lot more music that we're going to be releasing this year. And um, we're putting together shows in New York, but also planning to pour around as much as possible. Um, fingers crossed we're going to be coming over to the UK sometime Amazing. in the spring. And I'll definitely keep you posted about that. Absolutely. But yeah, we're just, we're just uh, sharing this new music. This new music is, for me, my favorite music that we've ever made and feels the closest to me um yeah so i'm just i'm always just excited to to start sharing again yeah and if people don't want to miss out on any of that and want to keep up the speed with releases tour dates etc where's the best place to to keep up to speed yeah so our instagram is at dakota jones band also dakota jones band.com has all of the all of our shows all of our you know, just everything that we're up to. I think Instagram is probably the best place to to keep track of us, yeah. Well, if it's all right with you, when this episode comes out, we'll tag you in it. So for those that are yet to, to follow you, they can find you nice and easy. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Stu. Tristan, I've had such a lovely time. It's been really nice chatting. And uh, yeah, thank you thank for getting you. up so early to do this as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's Absolute been really a pleasure. pleasure. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. That was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Tristan was absolutely delightful. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, got up super early to do that. Uh, as, as I was sort of setting up, I was thinking, it must be pretty early in New York. 
And uh, so the first thing I sort of said to her was, like, are, are you in New York? She's like, yeah. I was like, mate, that's an early start. But yeah, I mean, I wish I could have that kind of level of conversation at 7 a.m. But uh, yeah, I can't. I have to have uh, at least two cups of coffee to start kind of uh, being able to uh, string a sentence. You can uh, you can buy me a coffee, actually, if you want to. Um, and you can do that in the show notes. Uh, and it's a way of supporting the podcast. Tenuous link there. I didn't even mean that, but uh, I just had to thumb that one in. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you enjoyed that, then uh, go check out the back catalogue because there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes um, with all of your your favourite musicians, DJs, producers, comedians, actors. Go and have a rummage and uh, you'll find loads of your faves in there. And uh, yeah, and uh, go explore the music of Dakota Jones if you haven't done already. And uh, yeah, everything else you need to know about the podcast is at Off The Beat and Track. That's B and, not beaten. Off The Beat and Track Podcast.com. I'm back next time. And in the meantime... Um, Just be nice to each other and I'll see you soon. Much love. Bye-bye.